you're not pushing the envelope if you're not failing. Continue to learn and challenge yourself and adapt. Welcome back to Sean's Journey to Value Creation. We're here with Sean at Woodrow. I know last episode we dug into your personal history, but what's the history of this company? Where do we all start? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Woodrow, you know, has a great uh, tradition and history. 58 years, um, young company, um, uh, has been supporting, um, you know, many customers, many large industrial customers, mm -hmm. you know, many Fortune 500 companies. And you know, to give you an example of how well regarded uh, Woodrow uh, is, um, and when I met them, uh, why I was excited about it is their clients have been there with them for over two decades. Wow, that's loyalty. That's loyalty, right? And you're doing something right, right, to uh, uh, engender such loyalty. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so Woodrow was a combination of that. It was a combination of um, of, of 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 being in the uh, value chain of the packaging industry to a certain degree, right? Which is printing, mm -hmm. um, and so all those kind of uh, fell together. Um, and I saw a company that um, you know I felt uh, uh, I could help. Use your past experiences to kind of get in there. Yeah. So, do you remember? You said it's been a fifty-year-old company. So, was it a family company or before this sure. acquisition? What was the structure of the company? Sure. No, great question. So, it was owned. It was uh, owned uh, by John Woodrow. Started the company, um, and in 60, 1964. and um, his son um, uh, took it over. So, it was second generation owned, mm -hmm. um, family owned, mm -hmm. um, and private, of course, uh, and. Uh, really, it's what we're seeing in the industry today um, is a lot of folks that own uh, companies are at that retirement age, and so um, you know they were they were they wanted to retire. Um, um, unfortunately, they also got uh, felt the effects of COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, where revenue dropped significantly, um, and it was it created a great deal of toll on the company and its employees. Um, you know, employees were curtailed to mm -hmm. some between twenty to uh uh forty percent of their um uh hours were curtailed wow right yeah. so i mean yeah. you know when it's hard to make livelihood uh, earn livelihood that way right so um those were the challenges the company was facing but what i saw was an op was a company that could do more mm -hmm. now in terms of just looking at the company overall what do you do here what do you make what do you produce and who do you produce for yeah sure great question so uh you know, I'm not from the printing industry, so I look at a little different lens. And uh, you're close, so packaging, printing. Yeah, right? no, from that regard, it is. But I still think of it from a customer standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, what I would tell you is, what we do is we make um, a variety of um, keypads. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the best example I give is like when you go to your microwave and you punch in your keys. Well, that polymer-based keypad is things we make. Oh wow! And we make it for a variety of customers, large customers in the um, aerospace. Um, medical industry, um, food equipment, um, construction, data. So I love to say that if you've been in any national food chain, right, Woodrow was there. Nice. If you've ever flown on an airplane, Woodrow was there. If you've ever gone to on the internet and used any data, Woodrow's there. And what I really love about that is, and you don't really see it outside of manufacturing, and you don't think about it. As a consumer, when I'm getting on the airplane, I'm not thinking, 
oh, I wonder who put this label on the seat, or I'm wondering who's making the brochures and the hand. No, you don't think that it's just there. Yeah. But there's so many moving pieces that all kind of interchange with that. So what's been one of your favorite stories about like discovering, oh, Woodrow is in this company that everyone uses. Do you have like an example you always go back to for that? Well, I, you know, I'll tell you, the, 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 the food example, it really still resonates with me because <laughs> I, I, think of Chick-fil-A, right? Mm-hmm. We're in all the national Chick-fil-A's, right? We're, we're, we're uh, the only supplier that produces um, these products for all their, uh, all their ovens. This Woodrow, this location. This Woodrow. That's amazing. Nationally. Soon to be globally because we're because they're heading global. So are they really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Where are they going first? Do you know? Uh, well, I think they're going to. Uh, uh, they're trying uh, Asia. Oh wow, that's kind of a big shift for them. It that's is a big shift for them. Good for them. But anyway, sorry, that's completely off topic. No, no, but, but I, I got you there, right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So that's what resonated with me was that wow, I didn't realize that, right? And then as I and now everywhere I go, I look right and I see us, and um, so that one was really particularly compelling to me. Um, I would also say that. We look at what happened during COVID, right? We all, um, you know, we all had stories that we were constantly hit with, and what's happening um, in this country, right, with uh, hospitalization and cases, right? Um, well, Woodrow for over two decades um, has been providing components that sterilize equipment that hospitals use and tools. So while it's not right at the forefront, it really resonated with me that. Sterilization in hospitals is, is done with Woodrow being there, and so to me that resonated because of all the care that occurred, right? Not only generally, but ju- certainly during the pandemic time. I love that message too that Woodrow has always been there. It has that most family first mentality for it. That's not yeah. just your B two B company; like it has a direct B two C impact as well through the Absolutely. supply chain. It's amazing. So looking at outside the medical, so you said aerospace. So are we talking like Boeing? Is there yeah. any companies like that too? I don't want to throw around names, but is it like the consumer craft or? No, I mean, we're a B2B company, right? Okay, but we, sure. we support um, Honeywell as a, as, a lar- as a good customer of ours. Um, and of course, um, uh, our products end up on uh, Boeing Airlines as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really uh, play a big part in the cockpit. Mm. So um, we help pilots, right? Uh, really understand their controls better through enunciation, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, to if our if our nomenclatures and enunciation panels don't work properly, imagine the issues that could occur. There's right? a problem. There's a problem. You don't want that to happen. You don't want that. That's why they come to Woodrow. Right. Because we're always there. Right. Now, you originally joined, I think, in 2021. Correct. So what do you think was the the best thing that you realized when you came in here for your first day? I know the next episode will get into the transition period and things like that. But what was one of the things that stood out for you as special about this company? Yeah. Look, it's a simple one. The people. Right. You've got people here, longevity, tenure. Right. Um, and think about the loyalty. We have a, we have two people, um, one with 45 years of experience, oh one with God. 46. That's amazing. It's amazing, right? You don't hear that today, right, from both sides, right, employee side or employer side, right? And so that really resonated with me. And then the second thing was along those same lines was and, – and it's the people here, and I would say it's just part of the country. Mm-hmm. People are incredibly nice, mm-hmm. right? They really want to participate. Mm-hmm. Right. They just hadn't, in my opinion, humble opinion, they hadn't been given the opportunity uh, to unleash their uh, their creativity, creativity, thought process, problem solving. I love that. And we looking back to the last episode, too, we talked about two of your major priorities, which is creating and generating value and then also continual learning and innovation or whatever the, the yep. adaptability, I think, was the word we came yep. to. So how was the company bearing in those two regards? So both in the value creation, also in the continual learning. Yeah, look, the company, uh, you know, was at best break even. 
mm-hmm. right? So when when I when I evaluated the company, it, um, I over I'll be honest with you, I overpaid. <laughs> Right, you if like you, to hear it, right? That's good. Right? Well, the re- the reason is is because I went beyond the this the the dire financials that existed at the time, right? Um, and I saw what I, I saw what it could be, and so I I, I also wanted to um, not take. So this is not a. I didn't want to take advantage of the of the owners. Sure. Right? I felt they had deserved the right. When we have forty six years of experience too, I mean they 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 are doing things right. That correct. culture is piece that's there. So yeah, continue. Correct, correct. So, um, uh, I th- so I thought the 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 that part of it was there, and I thought the people, um, uh, frankly, they you know they they had a lot of great ideas because mm-hmm. I always believe the people closest to the process, the work, right, are the ones that are going to see opportunities, um, but they weren't provided that opportunity to really um, um, participate. Mm-hmm. Um, in solving problems and finding better solutions. So, what have you done to start to, to reframe that thinking? Yeah. So, um, let's start with the first part for a second, sure, right? Yeah, Which please. is that you know everybody wants to be on a winning team, right? Yep. And so, at the time, Woodrow wasn't winning, right? Um, and so, uh, the first thing I did was um, I put everybody back on forty hours, mm-hmm. right? Even though financially that wasn't the shrewd decision, right? But the reason you do that is the dignity of work, right? People want to work and participate. They want to know that you support them, right? So we did that, number one, right? Number two, though, the ask was of that was, you know, help us solve problems, right? You know, provide your input, your ideas. We're listening, right? Mm-hmm. And um, one of the, one of the you know, common um, comments I really got from folks was, you know, um, gosh, we have all these ideas, but no one wanted to listen to us in the past. Right, not a, and again, I'm not saying anything of that. There was a knock on the former owners. It was just that they were so set. It's a different mentality. It's a different mentality. They've done right. this for so long. I think they just saw it. You know, they had the blinders on. Unfortunately, this is but this is very common. I always tell people we're not the Lone Ranger. No, this, this is this is the story they've been telling for history. You said something I really want to highlight. What what do you mean by dignity of work? Yeah, I mean, in the I think previous episode I mentioned that they had really um, folks had had their hours, you know, cut. Mm-hmm. To twenty to forty percent less, right? And so uh, that, to me, you know, um, creates instability for people, right? And now they're trying to f- determine how they take care of their families. Uh, the dignity of work allows them to lead their lives and take care of their families, right? And feel a part of something. That's what I mean by that. That's brilliant. And I think that's one of those things that people don't understand, especially I think COVID was eye-opening. On my teams, when we saw COVID happen, at first we're like, oh, sweet, we're from home. This is going to be great. One week later, we're like, okay, how, how quickly can I get back into the office? Because you're right, there's that dignity to it. It's, it's when you're working on a winning team, you want to be with that winning team. So it's creating that culture behind it as well. Yeah, I love that. Was there anything else that really stood out to you when you, when you originally came into Woodrow? I think the the uh, what we mentioned earlier the customer loyalty mm-hmm. right on both mm-hmm. ends I mean that that is hard to replicate you can I mean it's pretty amazing so how have you fostered that how has that conversation been now we're kind of getting into what we want to talk about too but how is that how did you foster that those long term customers when you when you joined yeah. the team no super question um, look the customers um, I mentioned something previously right you have to understand what you do for your customers mm-hmm. the value you help them create right. Mm-hmm. And how you participate in that, mm-hmm. um, and our folks um, didn't really understand that, right? Mm-hmm. They, but they had something that was really critical, right? They really believed in quality and delivery, right? Um, 
safety, quality, on-time delivery, right? Which um, all three of those things are important. All three, but there's a fourth element that should be given as much importance, which is uh, cost, mm-hmm. right? And at many times, they were underwater mm-hmm. in achieving those first three. And so we needed to understand that first, that you ha- that we deserve the right. This is part of the cultural change, right? You deserve the right, right, to make a profit. <laughs> when you say it like that, it makes plenty of sense, right? But, but that mindset's different. But you deserve a right for the company to reinvest in itself, to reinvest in you, right? Um, and so that journey, right, to take some folks that had been for more than 10 years um, expected to do it a certain way with no reinvestment, mm-hmm. and I'll come back on that term in a second um, to give you some color on that. Um, that's the journey that that I think people then need the courage to say, can I really do this? Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to show them some quick wins, mm-hmm. right? Share with them. Change management, right? yeah. Absolutely, and do that. And um, uh, regarding uh, sort of that whole empowerment piece of it, right? Um, uh, and, the, and the profit piece, right? Uh, and the reinvestment piece, I will give you a couple of quick data points, right, which are shocking. The staff here had computers that were, on average, 10 years old, Mm. running Windows 7. Wow. I thought Windows was like, hey, no more Windows 7. There's no support. Right, exactly. Right? And so, and just imagine how unproductive that is. Right. Right? So, chat GPT on one window and everyone else is doing Windows 7. It's hard to compete. You got it. So, we obviously got everybody new technology, right? New equipment. We went to the cloud, right? Because, you know, to me, I want to, I want to think available wherever I am when I'm traveling, et cetera, right? So, all those things we did. But the other thing I'll tell you infrastructure, right? Facilities, right? I just, just generally, it was a lot of uh, deferred maintenance, mm-hmm. right? Just simple things like HVAC, utilities. <clears throat> we got rid of, we, we invested, and we put LED lighting throughout the entire mm-hmm. um, operation and facility, mm-hmm. right? And that was an investment that definitely uh, has improved uh, the lighting and, of course, the efficiency, right, mm-hmm. for the company. But these are things that people see, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they start seeing that you're investing to make this a better performing company. And they want to be a part of that. They team. want to be a part of that. So to look back, this is not your first radio. No. You've done this before. Yeah. How similar of a story is it? Yeah. You know, uh, similar in many veins, but also very challenging in the sense that with a small business like this and a mm-hmm. small company, um, you don't have the same support resources. Mm-hmm. If you go to a bigger company, you have a lot of support resources, right? So I can go to my HR folks to help me with OD and you know certain things. Right? I can go to my IT person to help me with systems. In a small company, you know, you, a lot of things are outsourced, and you mm-hmm. have to learn how to sort of uh, learn a variety of skills, right? Mm-hmm. So the first challenge, right? Um, which can, if you let that bog you down, it will it will um, uh, slow down your pace of change mm-hmm. and performance, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a big challenge, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then second is, you know, financial, mm-hmm. right? You have to make sure you have enough working capital, right, um, to to support the the changes you need to do. Mm-hmm. Now, you've had a pretty good track record of running successful companies. You could have picked, I'm sure, a ton of different companies to invest in, especially even in the, the area you wanted to invest. Why Woodrow? 
Yeah. So no, it is a super question. So again, we're looking for something in the value chain, right? In the in this whole packaging um, industrial B two B space, right? Mm-hmm. This worked out because it was available. It worked out because of all the other variables and criteria we talked about. What I saw in the company, um, I was looking for something in Ohio, um, and um, uh, and it just sort of worked that way. I was looking for the the culture. I could see. I could see kernels of opportunity there, right, to help the company do more. Mm-hmm. And again, can, you know, I always ask myself, can I add value, right? Mm-hmm. If I can't add value, there's probably then it's a, it's a different scenario, right? But I saw an opportunity, and I also saw an opportunity for it to be a platform opportunity for us to, um, because we're looking at other acquisitions on top of it right, right. to help it. Right, and looking at your audience, there's going to be a lot of people that want to be you. Right. There's the yeah. kids that want to get entrepreneurship that want that want to create and buy and start companies too. When you said something that I think is very powerful is you saw kernels. What were those kernels? Like can you give me an example of one that you're like, that was one of the pieces that that fit into the bigger puzzle? Yeah. Well, I, you know, we've discussed a few of them already, right? The 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 customer side, right? Mm-hmm. The customer the fact that you have stable long term customers is invaluable. Mm-hmm. Right. The fact that you have um stable, valuable um experienced employees, incredible, right? Mm -hmm. And I would say one of the things that Woodrow was far ahead of its time, um, that management and organizations have been been trying and they still try to do, is the approach to cellular management. Mm -hmm. The fact that teams lead themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, are self-sufficient. They had already done this here, believe it or not. And so it was just, you know, I saw all that, which is kernels that you don't see necessarily with many other companies, right? Nice. Um, and so while there were other challenges, financially, um, technology, as we some of the things we talked about, infrastructure, uh, those can be repaired relatively quickly versus the other ones are really hard to earn. Love it. Love it. Anything else you want to add when it comes to what Woodrow, the history of Woodrow, or leading up to that that buy conversation? Um, I, I No, I just think that uh, what we talked about is, is really was really the compelling piece of it for me. Nice. And what's your family think? I have to ask. Oh, into it. Were they like, "Yeah, let's go for it. I'm in." We'll get to that next episode too, I'm sure. But any any reservations? Any hard dinner table conversations with your wife or kids? Yeah, yeah. Well, my uh, my wife for sure, because you know, after three decades in corporate world, right? She didn't re- she didn't feel it was necessary for me to take a risk, right? Because I you know had many executive opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a few other CEO opportunities, um, private equity side, and I just, uh, but I wanted to take my, I wanted to challenge myself, right? I wanted to do something that I had done earlier on, as we talked about in the previous session in university days, um, and I wanted to, uh, you know, build that off for myself. Love it. 